Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 88, Bubbles and Pumpkins. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and and Jessica's Jessica's Day of Fun. Fun. Just remembered I'd left a bit of frosting to eat. We'll just pause now while Rosie chews. I made a huge mistake. (laughs) How's it going? It's going really well. Um, I've done all sorts of things. Mm. Uh, I was going to say a lot has happened since we've been to Disney, but to be honest, it was all last week. So I mean, I would just like a nodding reference to the aging process because it was my birthday. Oh yeah, it was Rosie's birthday. Like whatever. Anyway, so we went to Disney. Rosie, Rosie is now super old. Mm-hmm. So that was like the beginning of the month. Yep. Don't remember the, the middle. Nothing. I'm pretty sure I did nothing whatsoever. Last week we did all the things. All the things at once. The the big thing we did was this weekend we went to Comic-Con. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Rosie, what were you dressed as? Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, obviously. Finally obviously. greeting my final form. That was very on brand for you. Very on brand. When I got into the costume for the first time, nearly cried. And I just looked in the mirror and thought, why not before and why not every day? <laughs> With your jazzy shoes on. Yeah. I'm, I thought I'd covered the construction in needle and fed. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. But cool, cool, cool. Uh, Jessica, what were you? I was Liv from iZombie. And my goodness to people like that. Yeah, they did. I went to Starbucks. Oh, other coffee shops are available. On Sunday morning, I was waiting for the rest of my party to arrive. And because um, they ask you your name, obviously, I said Olivia, obviously. And because I'm a basic zombie, I had a pumpkin spice latte, which it turns out are disgusting. But they're kind of enchanting, right? But by the time I'd finished it, I was like, yeah, delightful. Yeah, I was, I was enjoying it. The fir- first, I was like, "Oh, it's got a weird aftertaste." I'd not have one before. They're so weird because um, they don't taste like pumpkin, but they also don't taste like pumpkin Spi- spice. No, they just taste like syrup. But there's an odd, slightly chemical aftertaste. And I always forget that you really need to give them a. S- the one I most recently had had not been stirred properly, so I got to the bottom and it was oh. like straight into my eyeballs. Pumpkin spice. Maybe I should have done that because I think it definitely was sweeter at the bottom. Yeah, I always, I mean, this is my recommendation for any of you basic pumpkin spice latte drinkers out there. Gotta stir it. Get your Lululemons on. Give your pumpkin spice latte a stir. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, I loved how how well your costume went down because I yeah. don't know many people who watch iZombie, but it turns out everyone at Comic Con does. Yes. Yeah, I got people who would run up to me and go, oh my god, you'll live. Hi, Zombie, I love your work. Zombie, can I have a photo? Sure. So that was fun. Yeah. We were at the MCM Expo, which uh, marks a year since my first Comic-Con. And Congratulations. This is Jessica's second. So we were in the Excel Centre in East London, and it was which huge. Which I've never been to before. Huge and rammed. Never been to Excel, never had a pumpkin spice latte, two things to tick off the bucket list. Pretty good. I'm I, sure. have very small, I have very small dreams. Yeah, good lord. We went with... Uh, Usual Comic Con friend of the show, Serena. And then the second day, a bonus, housemate Lucy. Because she was going to go and do some work. And then was like, hmm. No, Comic Con is a better idea. Or, how about no? And it was great fun. Oh, and we went with... Uh, and friend of the show, Carl, came on Saturday. Friend of the show, Carl. Who finally met me and found out I was not a figment of your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, somebody really did all the things she said. We had a, a mooch, um, didn't go to any panels, or to the fun fair that they'd put in. Which we did debate several times, and every time it got overshadowed by just standing around doing something else. You know, I can go on dodgems uh, in theory anytime. It was very confusing. I mean, sure, great, but wh- why? 
we met lots of um, Comic-Con friends. Uh, I met actual IRL friend, my best friend from secondary school, Sasha, which is great. Hi, Sasha. That was nice. I hadn't seen Sasha for a number of years. Yeah. What, what an adorable cinnamon roll she is. Um, and we saw loads of great costumes. Uh, Jessica, do you want to discuss any costumes you saw? Do, do you have any highlights? I know you have one. Yes, we met the Skyler sisters. And Hamilton. And Hamilton. But crucially, we met Angelica and Eliza. And then, which meant that everyone who wanted their picture taken with them could be Peggy. And Peggy. Um, which is genius. We made a, a con friend. Yes, we did. Purely by accident, because um, she sat next to us in the food court and Rosie shouted, I love a t-shirt! Because she had and a t-shirt that said, everyone give it up for America's favourite fighting friend, Lafayette! I have discovered it is impossible to say not rhythmically. Everyone give it up for America's favourite fighting Frenchman. You have to sound like an absolute tool back. Um, <laughs> and that was really cool. And she'd actually seen Hamilton, so jealous! Uh, and we met, so yeah. we, we went and met Skylar sisters. She, she was your actual your actual American, so. Uh, I met David S. Pumpkins, which was a really great in-joke that I had to explain. <laughs> I then went home and watched the uh, video containing a David S. Pumpkins so I could understand what anyone was talking about. But I hope it made some I more sense. The, the whole point, I think the whole point is that it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. any sense. It's, it's a real, it's, in theory, like, it is a really bad, and in execution in some ways, it's a terrible sketch. <laughs> it is a really sad. But it's really funny because it's uh, Tom Hanks. It's it's Hanks. Hanks, as he signs his tweets. I met a couple of other Dorothys, Anne and Glinda, and a few Wicked Witches. Uh, that Holtzman, that, well, we met a set of Ghostbusters who had a Kevin as well. And the, the Holtzman was so excited to see Dorothy. And I was really excited to see them. And then I turned away. And was it, you could hear them muttering. I, I thought, I think they're going to come back in a second. And then Holtzman, Dorothy! Dorothy, can we have a picture? And not only did we get a picture, she said, and can we swap and I hold the dog and you hold the gun? And we have this amazing <laughs> picture of me busting ghosts and Holtzman holding a dog. Um, <laughs> and I got my Holtzman action figure that I couldn't get a la la Yes, one. did. So that's the important thing. And uh, we got some art prints. Art prints from Artist Alley. Um, I got a sticker that has a turnip boy band on it, which makes no sense, which is why I bought it. It's just turnips holding microphones and the words turnip boy bands written underneath it. There's not even really a pun. They're yeah, not dressed up. I've been trying to work out. I'm like, t- no, there's no pun. Um, <laughs> I got one of a little sloth chilling and a really chubby unicorn. But you've got my prints. Oh, and also I got an amazing Did. comic book. I had the best advertising I've ever seen. Just the big sign. It wasn't even a poster. It was just a sign up on their stall that said, what if James Bond were a monkey? Wonder no more. And for two pounds, you better buying that comic. It's called Bubbles 07. <laughs> and it's about a monkey. And I haven't even read it. And it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's he's about a monkey in it. three he's he's suits. Uh, yeah, he's the Befford executive spy. Astonishing scenes. And I went and bought it on the second day and said, look, I've been telling everyone I saw yesterday about your amazing sign. We didn't get ourselves drawn as sloths. There's a sign that says, find out what you'd look like as a sloth, five pounds. We did. We decided against it. You can also get yourself drawn as like an it. octopus, a zombie. There's somebody who does these weird, like really buff figures. So they're really like funny studly dudes, but they've got like Pikachu's head or you can have your own head put on or an otter. That's quite funny. They were funny. She was really sweet. I spoke to her. So uh, as always, the real people on Artist Alley, kind of my highlight, as are the other big nerds and costumes like us. Oh, and the other great costume we saw was Belle, Gaston, and the three village ladies. That was, yes, that was excellent. They yes. were amazing. Yeah, so sometimes you just see something and you're like, <gasps> which was really good. I love it. I love Comic-Con. They were really, 
Yeah, really. Like they had the hair exactly. It was really, really good. But I guess this is one of those costumes where you never actually get to go anywhere because you get stopped every few minutes. What I like about the Bimbats costumes, actually all of them, they were really well done, but their costumes are really simple, but they were so well executed. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like when I saw the Summer is Coming people last year who were wearing, like they had big beards and they had Jon Snow's hair and the capes and uh, bikinis, lays and martini glasses and they had a sign that said Summer is Coming and I walked past them on the bridge out of the Excel Center, out of the station into the Excel Center. They hadn't even got in yet. And I'm pretty sure they were still like, we're like, we'd quite like to go in now because everyone was just <laughs> stopping we've, them. We've paid, for our, we've paid for our tickets. Yeah. We'd like to use them. But they were very, very cool. Um, and it was really good. It was really good fun. Good. Excellent. Um, so I've already got a list of what I'm doing next time. Of, of future, future cosplay. Yes. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah. Just saying that we'll I discuss. will, I we'll will discuss. be in and Peggy, but not the one you're thinking of. The one you're definitely thinking <laughs> of. Um, and I'm I'm going to be in a cosplay group for the first time. I mean, I've cool. kind of done a group, but yeah, it's going to be very excellent. So this is exciting, and that's pretty much what I've been doing. Been having a chilling out time, sewing, comic in, put in. Quick note, quick note: don't dress your child as Harley Quinn unless you're wearing the DC do- superhero girls outfit. Don't do that. Which is like Don't a really cute tween one. Those I approve of. Margot Robbie is not appropriate for a five-year-old. Maybe dress your child up as that adorable sleeping princess Anna. Uh, she was in a buggy. Her big sister is probably about three, Queen Elsa. I can't remember what their mum was. She was maybe a superhero. And then their dad was the guy in the bowler hat from Captain America's Platoon. I think platoon. their mum was Power Girl. Yes, she was. it was Power Girl. The guy that's called like Bombast Ballistic Bill. He's not called that. He's got a stripy... He's got a stripy shirt, a big moustache, and a bowler hat, and he hangs out with Agent Carter. And they're tiny, adorable Anna and Elsa children. Very, very pro. Yeah, it was cute because they were the they were the correct size for tiny Anna, Anna and Elsa. And he was the correct size for that character. Uh, they rival the family I saw on the DLR, which was small Darth Vader, big sister was like a cat affair with really good makeup, and their mum, she was just uh, Nick Fury, eye patch, trench coat. She had a shield suitcase. <laughs> it was incre- like briefcase. It was incredible. I was like, you, you guys are the, are the best. And they were just having a lovely day That's out. That's amazing. I was like, adopt me. When I was getting my coffee, I stood behind a family who, um, uh, mum, dad, two little girls. The, the smaller girl who was about four was wearing cat, but like a Halloween cat because it was the day before Halloween by this point and had sort of um, like dipping hair things and like lots of little girl dress up stuff mum was kind of general halloweeny things like halloween accessories um dad was in embarrassing dad dress up mode he had like sort of a spider affair going on but he had two extra arms which are on bits of string so when he moved his arms the other the other arms moved he was wearing a black like leotard all in one a tutu he had sort of lights taped around his head oh my god the embarrassing dads of the world I strong work um, but eldest daughter, who was about seven, was dressed as a very, very accurate um, Ray from The Force Awakens. <laughs> it was brilliant. Like, who are these people? <laughs> That's really, so yeah, really, really strong work. I really enjoyed that from all of them. Um, we had a few trick or treaters the day afterwards, and uh, the first one was probably the best one because he was dressed as the Hulk, and he was just him with his mum and dad, and uh, and he had to be told he had to. T- it's like take take your hands off because he couldn't get the his little 
or his giant Hulk <laughs> hands into our bucket of swizzles. He was like, Rawr. Oh my God, that's amazing. That was really sweet. And then there was another person who came in the arms of his dad with a group of other children. And this little boy was just in his normal clothes. And his dad said, he was going to be a frog, but he cried. <laughs> and I thought, I have had days like that. <laughs> I was going to be a frog, but I cried. <laughs> I didn't have any trick-or-treaters because I live in a top floor flat, flat, so like you can't get into the building. But also I was out at brownies, but it did mean we didn't have any brownies because um, they had all gone trick-or-treating. So we had five brownies and then we also had five leaders. (laughs) I've got so much more intro. We went for tea with Rachel, which was lovely. Oh my God. Why do I always forget everything I've ever done? Every every time. Every episode I'm like, I have done nothing. And usually Jessica tells me things that happen at my house. (laughs) <laughs> hey, remember that time you did this specific like thing to you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, last week we went for tea with friend of the show Rachel, all the way from Boston. Like she had come from Boston, we didn't go to Boston. Um, which Can you imagine delightful. Margaret H. Wilson's reaction if we went to Boston without telling her? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, we went to the Dean Street townhouse, which was lovely. Yes. Never been, but it was really nice. There. Rachel was the first recipient of the uh, show badges. Which now that Comic Con is over, that is my job. Um, dear listeners, because I'm an economical podcast and we're very green, some of you will be getting reused Jiffy bags. And I like to think that that is in keeping with the show because I'm not going out and buying a million Jiffy bags and I have loads. So some of you are getting old ones and deal with that. But I'm going to previously pre loved. Yeah, sure, maybe it will help you find my address. But that is like an extra bonus for your, for your Patreon donations. <laughs> Sharpie over that, it's fine. Why does the Jimmy bag have a burnt out hole? Um, She was the first person to get our badges and she brought us maple syrup. In the most adorable tiny jars. Oh my god, chug chug. Uh, And Cook's illustrated copies and we had a really great time. And uh, if you are a listener and you're in London and maybe we've interacted before, let us know. <laughs> don't just turn up if you've got a Jiffy bag with my address on it. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> Hello. That was amazing. And they gave us so much cake to take home afterwards. They did. Jessica got a vegan cream tea because we called ahead in advance and said, we're having afternoon tea and one of us is vegan. And you're eating your sandwiches. I was like, what's in that sandwich? Because I thought it looked like salmon because we had smoked salmon sandwiches with cream cheese. And I picked up the sandwich and opened it. I was like, oh, it is salmon. <laughs> and what they'd done was that they'd done salmon without the cream cheese. But it was like, we all kind of decided that weirdly there was a logic to yeah. it. There was no meat or dairy anywhere on the plate. There was just some fish. Really tickled me, that. Yeah, sure, why not? Anyway, so Rosie had an extra sandwich. I did. Um, it, did it didn't mar the afternoon anyway. It was quite funny. No, if anything, it added to it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the Dean Street townhouse, which is a delight. That was really lovely. And also last week I went to see hit musical Beautiful with friend of the show, our mum. <laughs> mum of the show? <laughs> mum. And did, did you enjoy it? I did. It was very good. Uh, yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, and we went to Wagamama beforehand. Other Pan-Asian noodle houses are available. Aussie! <laughs> I've never been to one. I mean, I'm assuming. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we went to Wagamama. And um, I had something new, which was fine. But yes, Beautiful is Excellent. It's the story of Carol King. And obviously it's got all the good songs. Does it have a Gilmore Girls section? Uh, it doesn't. It, it's in the um, Act 2 Overture. I, they don't actually perform it, I don't think. Where you lead! Precisely. 
because I think it was possibly slightly later. I can't remember. Anyway, um, so yeah, they don't perform where you lead, but it was it, it was featured there in there. There was the, a nod, shall we say. There was a nod to it. Uh, lovely. That was excellent. And previously in that day, I got a hamster. Oh, yeah. Her name's Lola, and she's super cute. Didn't... I got her from a charity. Well, you got her from a shop. Well, I got her from a shop, but I, I got her through a charity who are, have a, like, a place in the shop. And uh, didn't take my advice and rename her... Alexander Hamstelton. Well, she already had a name, and she's a girl. Eliza Schuyler Hamstelton. Her full name is Lola Begonia. Lola Begonia? Yep. Who named this hamster child? <laughs> well, me. She came with the name Lola, and I added Begonia, because it's fun to say. Okay, okay, first name Lola, second name Begonia. Yeah, Empress <sighs> of all she surveys. Good lord. Um, I'm trying to like make her feel empowered. I think she's she's fine. She's got a tunnel and a pod and a wooden gnaw carrot for gnawing. Yep. She's got plenty going on. And a slide. I don't have a slide. No. So that was my week. Good. Well, blimey. I probably have done loads of stuff. I went to Brighton for the day. Oh, that sounds nice. Mm. What did you do in Brighton? We checked the sea was still there. Met my friend Liza from my course, my MA. Bought some yarn. Tried on some lipsticks. I love yarn. Ate some great food. Saw some dogs. Ooh! A Bake, Bake Off, off chat. chat. Uh, tell you what else happened last week. Bake Off finale. So we're just going to round up this series and indeed this whole series on the BBC. What did you think of the outcomes, Jessica? Of Miss uh, Candice I li- winning? I liked it. I yeah. thought it was good. I love Candice. I would pay so much money for her sausage rolls that look like pigs with little pork scratching curly oh, crackling cute. tails. Yeah. I felt she was probably definitely going to win going in. Yeah, so in the fair, in the signature challenge, she got the old Hollywood handshake. Andrew didn't didn't do that well in the first one. Yeah, Candice got the old Hollywood handshake, and then Jane also got one. It's like okay, that's that's cool. The, the the ladies are level pegging. Yeah, and then in the technical, the technical which was hilariously make a Victoria sponge. A sponge, but they were like obviously really critical of them. <laughs> I did see uh, Richard Ver tweeted, um, "What? Well, we did it. We had to make, like, make uh, tiny Victoria sponges and tiny lemon tarts, uh, tartar citron, and um, tiny something else. Yeah, scones or something. Yeah, so they had to make a Victoria sponge cake, and then the the um, the results sort of flipped around the other way. Andrew came first in the technical, and then Candice and Jane came. And Jane's had a wasp on it. Second and third, Just and Jane say. came. Third. Yes." They had a they had a close up of it and it had a bloody great wasp on it. News broken on Twitter. By Very this well guy. done. I hadn't I hadn't spotted it, but Rosie had gone in there and managed to get that onto some list of tweets about the. Did make Buzzfeed so uh, pretty Buzz Buzz. She shoots. She scores. Because it's a wasp. Yep. Uh, and then buzz. in the final, they had to make it got really patriotic and they had to make a tea for the Queen who wasn't then. Yeah, and Candice basically whooped everyone's ass. Pretty much. Pretty much, Candice was, was de- definitely yeah, kind of at that point. They were sort of level, but you felt like it, it was hers to lose, and she didn't. Why well, would even say that? Because by that point, they were all pretty even. Hmm. Jane but... had, had yet another disaster with the chocolate collar. Don't put that on the cake. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was stressful. Um, but yeah, you you knew you knew that she'd done it. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, so I was pleased. Me too. So that's the end of Bake Off. Let's never speak of it again. Goodbye. Yep, let's move on. Apart from the Christmas specials. Oh, thank God. Oh, my then... God, they're doing All-Stars. They're doing Drag Race All-Stars. Yes. The Truce Royale baking a cake. Would 100% watch it. Patron of the week. 
This week's patron of the week is Julia Carnavali, who I don't even have to make anything up for because she straight up makes the most delightful brooches and you should be patronising the heck out of her store, Tangerine Menagerie. But also she mixes a mean cocktail out of anything you might have lurking in the back of your cupboard and she always knows the perfect thing to say in the event of, for example, a major electoral upset. Thanks, Julia. We love you. If you would like to be our patron of the week, then hi thee to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica, and I will make nice things up about you to say on our podcast. Patron of the week. Jessica, what's your song? It is What About Me by Moving Pictures. Great. Top fives. Top fives. Today we will be bringing you our top five cookbooks, recipe books, cookery books, because I love cookbooks. Cookbooks. And also a uh, friend of the show, our mum came over and helped me move some cookbooks in my house. Recipe, books, let's go. How many crossovers? I say two, maybe one. Two. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe two, maybe two. Number one for me. It's me. Delia's Complete Christmas, because obviously, if you're going to do Christmas, you're going to listen to Delia. Obviously. And she has a, what are they called, timetable for the whole day. So you said, if you want to eat this point, this is the point you get up. You do this, you do that. Boom. It's not a very beautiful cookbook, and there aren't really many pictures, but it is a very handy tome. It is comprehensive. As some people will have their Bible readings on a Christmas morning, we will have our Delia. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's accurate. Number two. Number two. The Teddy Bear's Picnic Cookbook, which I had growing oh, up. Oh, that was nice. I liked that cookbook. And it had things like, for rainy day picnic, which you would eat inside, and it had a recipe for truffles, and ideas yeah. for how to pack a picnic. And it's not a well-known or necessarily particularly imaginative, like, the contents, but I really liked it. I'm very pro. It's very comforting. I don't have it with me. I'm sad now. Aw. Number three. Number three. Nanny Og's Cookbook slash Roald Dahl's <laughs> Revolting Recipes. Amazing. Yes, tick. I've put tick them to together the because they're kind of edible but slightly jokey recipes based on beloved books. Yes. I'd, I hadn't even thought about the joy of snacks. Uh, Roald Dahl's Revolting Recipes has... A fascinating centerpiece enormous crocodile, which is a baguette covered in mushed up spinach with a ham tongue. Oh, yeah. Which I cannot ever not picture. And Nanny Og's cookbook has loads of bizarre Discworld recipes banana, banana, surprise, fried porridge, etc. Number four. Number four. The Little House on the Prairie cookbook um, that our friend of the show, our mum, has. And it's the sort of cookbook I used to read a lot because the, the bookshelves, the, the cookbooks would write next to the kitchen table and I would just often grab that one and read it um, yeah. and I loved it because it was lots of recipes from around uh, research some specifically that Laura Ingalls Wilder included in her books and some that were just sort of I think of the time it was all about like making molasses by doing it on the wasn't snow there, wasn't there one for like really weak tea cambric tea that you give yeah, to little it. babies to make them like tea and it's basically just weak tea yeah and number five number five how to be a domestic goddess. Now, Nigella's recipes, unlike Delia's, don't necessarily work. But what I really like about how to be a domestic goddess, firstly, it includes the incredible brownie recipe, which certainly does work. Thank you very much. But also yes. her books are so lovely just to actually read. Um, they are almost like a coffee table book. They're full of luxurious pictures, mad ideas for recipes. So there are some things on here, which is like Delia's Christmas book, which is a recipe book that is actually useful and, you know, a, a Bible one can turn to. And then there are like the adorable themed ones. And then there are some which is firmly in the category of food pornography. Or in some of the ways Nigella eats on her television show, just pornography. Uh, Jessica, your top five. My top five. So 
Okay, number one. Number Vegan one. cupcakes take over the world. Yep. By Isi Chandra Moritz. Moskowitz. Um, because it's filled with cupcakes that are vegan. And who wouldn't want that? I Nobody. want to be filled with Nobody cupcakes that, that are vegan. I love being filled with cupcakes that are vegan. Number two. The Naughtiest Vegan Cakes in Town by Miss Cupcake. Yep. Which we have previously discussed and makes that amazing, massive, Victoria sponge cake recipe. Oh, so good. Um, like, it just rises so well. Mm. And that's um, big cakes and cupcakes and tray bakes and, like, bars and loaves and cookies and frosting and dessert sandwiches. So that's that's a great cookbook. Do not buy it if you are diabetic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we have a book called... I think it's called Katie Stewart's Cookbook, but we always just refer to it as Katie Stewart. Yeah, yeah. That is the one with the chocolate fudge cake, chocolate fudge pudding recipe in it, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the different one? No, I think it's that one. That is the go-to. I don't have a copy of Katie Stewart, so my go-to is always what does Delia say, but for most standard recipes, Katie Stewart's the one. Yeah. Um, And she also writes the Radio Times Cooker a year and all those things. Yeah, brilliant. Number four. The Jane Asher Celebration Cakes book. Oh my God, I forgot this. Which... <laughs> um, I've, I'm just reading my. T- there's a pause because I've actually just bumped one of mine for for in uh, for for preference. Basically, it's cake, loads of cakes made entirely of found ingredients, like found objects, not like um, receipts or things. Not like really like things you find at the bottom of your handbag, like like junk modelling. But basically, it's junk modelling, but for edible things. So um, there's a lot of buy a Swiss roll, yeah, put she, an ice cream cone. It's on not it. really a recipe for how to make the cakes it's how to decorate them so it's like stick some dolly mixtures to it, it licorice gets used buttons so so like make a Think... clown you use a, a ice cream cone as the hat yeah also it was published quite a long time ago and they i don't know be... if you can still really buy like who buys ta- taste and fashions in cakes have changed significantly they're horrendous i do, and also i don't know if you can yeah i don't know if you can buy some of those things anymore but um you could definitely do a, an an equivalent i mean that humpty dumpty cake is timeless um, see also the train cake the train yes. cake's freaking amazing so that's brilliant and it's the kind of cookbook that it would be it was like a child's coffee table book because you could just read it because you like to look at the pictures and I have read it so many times and number five Delia Smith Complete Christmas yeah see previous Saint Delia I love her so much I need to go into the f- listings on the Food Network to see when their Christmas programming starts probably now probably today um, should we do some honourable mentions honourable mentions the poo cookbook <laughs> yes which straight I face have, move on I have with my my poo workout book <laughs> which is Winnie the Pooh which is when you've eaten eaten too much is the poo workout book <laughs> cookbook just how long does don't it take eat to eat anything for a week oh, about a week and uh, the diet is would you like honey or condensed milk with your bread both please but don't worry about the bread that is the the poo diet I've got the food for thought cookbook oh lovely I've got um, Delia's complete cookery course which is her big yes. paperback of collection uh, Veganomicon and Vegan with a Vengeance um, and basically everything by, published by Post Punk Kitchen mm. I've got Nigella Christmas because I mean I've put How to Be a Domestic Goddess because I actually cook from there that is where the ham and Coca-Cola comes from but uh, Nigella Christmas I remember it well. is this enormous square thing of they should sell it in brown paper wrappers it's so beautiful I love it <laughs> probably anything by Chief Only Whitting still that involves like vegetables or you could have um, Nigel Slater's Tender uh, yes I mean, I love uh, basically everyone's everyone's Christmas recipe books. Any any yeah, Christmas recipe books is all about Christmas recipe books. 
especially ones that because they like show you how to make a whole feast it's not just loads of random recipes they, they can all be pulled together to make one meal that's what I like about them so yeah that's top fives uh, shall I do a song? yeah Rosie what's your song? Houdini Crush by Buke and Gaze it's one of my Spotify ones it's an enjoyable tune a snack soft pretzels chocolate chip cookie dough pop tarts nice Lucy brought them into the house I didn't buy them I found them <laughs> needle and fed needle and fed well, I'd like to start by discussing the demise of a previous project. Moths ate my squirrel and laid their eggs in her. So I pretend a bug laid eggs in her ears, and she's sad because she only has a few more days to live. Yeah, well, the squirrel no longer has a few more days to live because I've re-knitted her. I just need to re-stuff her and put a cedar ball in there. But weirdly, they only... I mean, it was horrible. I saw that there was this dust underneath, and I picked her up, and I realized it was all falling apart, and her split peas were coming out of her. And then as I was unraveling it to the point of the highest hole access point i realized that there were things wiggling because things had hatched that is truly upsetting and it was like david cronenberg adapting beatrix potter it was horrendous but weirdly they'd only eaten the bit of her that had split peas in the bottom for weight so 100 percent wool on its own not very tempting but the addition of a, a grain or a pulse delicious and um, so i could take off her legs which were whole and her tail i am um, i it was on a pipe cleaner so I bent that back and unraveled her and then tried to spend most of the time actually working out where it was in the pattern but she seems okay right. now so I just need to restuff her and then this nightmare will be over but I just thought you should all know that what happened to my tippy toe squirrel she was so innocent she had done nothing justice for Bob exactly justice for tippy toe uh, but also I made a Dorothy dress and I learned how to make French seams and I did it all by myself and I learned that if you cut the pattern out properly it actually makes sense yes correct um and I sewed it all together. The only thing that's really disastrous is the invisible zip. That's that's fine. But, you know, I think it was fine. And that can always be taken out and changed at another time. So now what I'm going to do is I've got some binding because there's a lot of raw edges inside because it's unlined. And a longer term project is to bind the raw edges of the gathers inside. But that was not a project to do before Comic-Con. I made that no. using the official pattern. And also I made a dog, which nice. I'd like to tell people the story of how I made it. It was I a made- meat dog. It was a meat dog. Such a weird bit of that book. Um, I was trying to find a pattern for a dog to make Toto, and eventually kept finding this thing on Google Image Search, which linked Pinterest of people saving these images of dog of like toy patterns, which just was the pattern pieces on the equivalent of an A4 image. And I finally found the site they come from, which is a website for a Russian toy magazine, and there were no instructions, nor was the pattern to size. It was just an, an equivalent of an A4 printout. So using Google Translate, I worked out what the, uh, the description said. It wasn't a description of the pattern. It was just a description of like what a dog is. And then I printed it out and blew it up on Always my photocopier. But then had to do that in several ways because my photocopier wasn't doing it exactly as I wanted it to. So I was like printing very... I had to keep like flipping things and rotating things to get all four parts of the quarters of the pattern. Then it was fine. I worked out there were Cyrillic letters on the pattern that showed where the points of the pieces matched up. And once I did that, Andy. it came together in less than a morning, and he looks quite realistic. People kept oh, thinking he was a real good. dog. At yeah, they did. People would be like, I thought it was a dog. I was like, no, I'm just amazing. So I, I haven't really baked or knitted very much, but I have made the dream costume of my dreams and a dog. Dream costume of dreams? Mm-hmm. It's a magical place? No. Um, good. My Comic-Con costume did not involve any sewing whatsoever. Actually, hey, that's not hey true. Now, you hemmed a lab coat. I hemmed my lab coat because it was super long. So that was that. And when Ravelry decides to load, I'll find the name of the hat that I'm currently knitting. Yeah, I enjoyed Liv's outfit because it was just normal clothes. I was really uncomfortable by the end of day one. 
I just haven't made 100% good yes. shoe choices. They were fine. Actually, by the second day, they were okay. I was wearing two pairs of socks. Oh, should I talk about the shoes? Yes, you I should. I bought a pair of suede heels uh, from New Look on eBay for a fiver. And um, several thousand hot stones and a hot stone wand. And I'm covering them in hot stones. I didn't get them all done before Comic-Con, but that was my, my aim wasn't to do that because it was such a long project. But I had done the fronts and most of the backs. So from the direct direction, I sparkled. And then it's an ongoing thing to get them finished and decorated because uh, I'd like to wear them when I graduate next month. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am graduating from a children's literature program, so... Well, that seems appropriate. Yes. I am currently knitting the Able Cable Hat by Kari Steinitz. Um, which I got uh, as a Ravelry download. And it's um, a chunky knit cable beanie, but it's not real cables. It's um, decreases and increases. Um, so it looks cable, but it, it isn't. It's cheating. Um, and it's going really well, actually. Once I got the first row right, which I think I had to rip back because I'd made a really stupid mistake because I was knitting it on DPNs, not cables. And I think I'd put it down and gone back in the wrong direction. I have done that. Let's see. I've done that recently. So I suddenly realised that the really simple bit of it, which is like the the, um, the brim is knit two, pull two, knit two, pull two, knit two, pull two. And I had like, like why is this row so much thicker? Than- oh. Um, so that happened, but never mind. Um, and yeah, it's, it's coming together really well. Um, and I started when we are on holiday, I attempted to start the um, Sidewalk Shawl by um, Debbie Stoller from Stitch Nation. And I do not understand the pattern. It's crochet and it was weird. I tried to do it, on, do it on the train, didn't I? And it was... I have. Well, I haven't because I then moved on to the hat. I haven't gone back to it. But it seemed to be going fine and there was like one bit that I didn't understand at which point it went very strange. So I need to uh, go, go back and have another look. But that's uh, Needle and Fed for me. What have we seen this week? What have we seen this week? Oi! Well, so that you would understand a small bit of the earlier portion, I recommend you go and watch the SNL sketch Haunted Elevator, or Haunted Mansion, I can't remember, Haunted Elevator, and you can introduce the wonderful world of David as pumpkins. Any questions? Yes, many. Uh, I recommend you watch the video that the White House put up of the White House staff trick-or-treat, mainly because you get to see Obama meeting Superman, and he gets Superman to high-five him, and then he falls over backwards because Superman is so strong. <laughs> that's good and he meets Prince and he meets two little sings, POTUS sings purple rain to Prince and yeah. also when the Superman meets POTUS he keeps going to his dad that's POTUS that's POTUS <laughs> because presumably his one of his parents works in the White House or both even and they was like oh so we work with POTUS because that's you know more of what they call him there and he's worked out that yeah. that is POTUS it's really adorable cool the tweeter Kaylee Ann Kaylee spelt like the dance was tweeting some self-care tips for the uh, garbage election season um, and they were very helpful but the best one was when she highlighted the fan art trend for Hannibal from the television program Hannibal to be drawn as a moomin it is yes, I it really warms funny. the cockles and finally I was on an episode of friend of the show Lucas his podcast the math of you talking unsurprisingly about badges not that wasn't the reason I went on but it but happened. that's inevitably where the conversation went. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so that was out last week. It's episode 11 of his excellent podcast, but I recommend you listen to all of it. Not least, because coming up in the future, this guy. By which Rosie means me. Yeah, not you. I mean, that would be a shock, wouldn't it, if you were listening to this and you thought, <gasps> I didn't know. But yeah, I really enjoyed recording it. And uh, I got a custom cocktail out of it. The dream. 
that is me done for this episode. Nice. We've managed nice. to get this in nice and brisk because I've got someone coming to tune my piano in 15 minutes. It's been a dare fun. Oh my god, I went to the zoo. I totally forgot. I did so many things. You met little Sebastian. Yeah, he's actually called Feathers. Um, the brownies. The brownies adopted a, a Shetland pony, um, and we went to meet the Shetland pony. And we went to a hedgehog talk about hedgehogs and how to look after them in your garden. Can hedgehogs talk? And they talk? did like hedgehog crafts. Yeah, this is incredible. <laughs> To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash ohmygreyhounds. And now you can become a monthly subscriber and support Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun at our Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Rosie and Jessica. Thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. So it's the morning of Wednesday, the 9th of November, 2016. 2016, am I right? Oh, am I right? And uh, this episode uh, that you've just listened to is about to go online and I was about to finish the edit, and I said to Jessica, maybe we should just put a little stinger on this week's, um, just so people can maybe maybe use it. I, I think so. Um, so we just wanted to say, hey everyone, especially to all of our listeners across the globe. Across the pond. Yeah. That uh, uh, we love you, and um, don't be cry. No, it okay. Don't be cry. Uh, that, yeah, we just thought everyone, you know, probably could do with a nice message of nice today. So, this is our nice message of nice for the Wednesday ninth. The nice ninth. Of the November ninth. 2016. So, um, you know, keep going high. And in three states, keep getting high. Congratulations, California. Hey, you're gonna need it. Um, hey, Rosie, I had an amazing idea. Tell me more, tell me more. Next time we go to Comic-Con... Yeah. We should be Mel and Sue. Because I think <laughs> everyone would enjoy that. And I already have the exact hair and glasses. And you already look like Sue Perkins, so that's ideal. I shall get myself a floral blazer. Post tense. <laughs> Bake! <laughs>